Live from Los Angeles, California. It's your host with the most, Addison. We are back once again with another episode of From the Jump. It's great to be with you today. It's a Monday. Happy Monday, by the way. Father's Day was yesterday. Happy Father's Day to everybody listening. That's a father that got kids and got young ones taking care of their kids. I don't got no kids. I got a father. Shout out to my pops. Happy Father's Day. Uh, but to anybody that has kids, happy Father's Day to them. Got a good show for you today. Got a lot to talk about. Um, you know, it's NBA offseason, so you know we got to talk. Uh, NBA draft eligibility is changing. It's supposed to be in 2021. We'll talk about that. DeAndre Ayton and Marvin Bagley signed with Puma. What? Um, Tom Brady. Tom Brady's talking retirement. We'll talk about Tom Brady. It's your boy from the jump. Let's go. The one and done rule. That could be coming to an end. Friday, the NBA sent teams a memo indicating that, quote, eligibility rules for the draft could shift by 2021. I've never been a fan of the rule. I understand why the rule was instituted. When you're watching this year's draft, pay attention to the fact that international players can enter the draft when they're 19. But American-born players can't enter the draft until one year removed from high school. NBA reports came out today talking about they're thinking about changing their draft eligibility rules. Since 2006, the rules have been in place that you cannot come out of high school and go straight into the draft. You have to be one year removed out of high school. That does not mean you have to go to college. However, that is the most convenient route to ultimately get you to the NBA. Now, they're saying that as early as 2021, 2021, the rules could be changed. This is from ESPN's Zach Lowe. Now, the memo was sent out ultimately for the teams that this year's draft's coming up. So they just want to say, hey, before you just go to trading all your draft picks, we're letting you know that now the, the rule is getting ready to change from the one and done to these kids are being able to come out of high school. So you ought to save your draft picks just in case. Now, when I see this right here, I, I, it, it, it just rings again in my mind. It, it reigns true that, you know what, this is the exact reason why the one-and-done rule has to go. Now, Adam Silver is a very forward-thinking commissioner. He's a very progressive-thinking commissioner. But let's just be real, Adam Silver. You're not doing college basketball any favors by making them go to school for one year. You're not. You're not doing any favors. You're doing guys like Calipari a favor, right? Coaches who get those kids. You're doing Calipari. You're doing Coach K a favor right now. You're doing Izzo a favor. Bill Self, Jay Wright. No, I'm sorry, Jay Wright. He typically recruits them. As you've seen, he's winning national championships. But you're helping a lot of these little sleazy little coaches, Sean Miller. Guys who are able to get them little one-and-done players for one year so they can get their little contract and their little money. You're helping those guys out. If, if we just was to cut out, if we were to just cut out them having to go to college for one year, we really would see better growth in college basketball. I think that the game of basketball from college to the NBA would be a lot better. We are seeing guys that stayed in college three and four years coming to the NBA more polished, coming to the NBA six-man, seven-man, eighth-man off the bench. Why? Because he's coming in already ready with a skill set. Can go left, can go right, can go, can do both, can rebound, can shoot. He's coming in with a skill set. He just isn't raw. He just cannot just bulldoze his way to the basket, but doesn't really have a jump shot. But we're drafting him because we feel like he can get it. Huh? You're drafting him based on potential. When you got a guy who went to Syracuse for four years, you know what you're getting. So again, when we look at college basketball and we look at the NBA, 
I think college basketball and the transition would be seamless if you just allow guys, the ones that's going to be one and done, let the Marvin Bagley's and DeAndre Aydens, let them go. Let them go to the, let them go, right? Let everybody else that needs to go to college, go to college. Why? Because then we'll have a better college basketball. Growing up, college basketball used to be true. Now, I'm a Duke fan, Duke basketball fan. Shout out to my Dukies. But when I watch Duke now, it's hard to watch Duke now because there's no stable core. <laughs> Three years ago, four years ago, Jabari Parker, Austin Rivers, Kyrie Irving. Like every year has been a new guy, one after the next, one after the next, one after the Justice Winslow and them, they won their chip. The last true team that we really had was Nolan Smith, Kyle Singler. When we had them, that was that was the truest team that we, that was John Shire. That was the truest team that we had. Duke basketball hasn't been the same. Why? Because of the one and done rule. Because of now guys understanding, okay, well, if I got to go to college for a year, I might as well go play for Duke. I might as well go play for Coach K. He's the best coach in college basketball. And he coaches NBA player. And he's won Olympic gold medals. Why not go play for him? Why not go play for Calipari? Why not? You're essentially playing for an NBA coach that coaches college basketball. So, again, when we when we look at this 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 whole one and done, the, the whole point is what? What is the point of the one and done rule? What are we What are we really What are we really teaching the kids? Are we teaching them go to school, get an education? Let's stop it. Which is why Levar Ball started his own league because he for guys like him he realized look, I ain't I, I ain't I, I ain't with the books and all that. I'm just not. I'm here for hoops. That's what you brought me here for. We're playing games by making them go to math class. Like we could we could stop like we care about what Marvin Bagley's GPA is. We don't care. We care about the fact that he's going to be a top pick in this year's draft. That's all we care about. We don't care what his GPA is. I don't care if he passed math. Okay. What day what what day were you Nobody cares. They cared about basketball. That's why you brought me here. You brought me here cuz I could play basketball. You didn't bring me here to put me on the math team. You brought me here to play basketball. So again, we're selling them this false concept. Now I get it. For some guys, you got to go to college, develop your game. And those that have to go to college, college will, will college will thrive. College will do that because it'll bring true essence back to college basketball. It'll make college basketball, college football back again. It'll make college football college again. Now it just feels like these teams are renting these players. They're renting them. And y'all know it. We're seeing it right before our eyes. They're renting these kids. They're renting them for two years. His first year, he don't play. He kind of red shirt. So that's kind of like a free year. The one year he do play, okay, he have a great year. Then that second year, he don't necessarily have to follow up because he kind of showed his first year. He kind of peaked his first year. Okay, this is the best we've seen of him. Football is even worse than basketball. Now that I think about it, football, I feel like it should only be two years. You should be only required to do two years coming out. Two years coming out. Two years coming out. At the end of the day, you got to be 21 to play in the NFL. You got to be 20. I feel like you should you should be 21. I don't feel like no 18-year-olds. You got to be 21 to play football. It got to be an age limit on it as far as safety goes. Like at the end of the day, we got to look out for safety at some point. It's, it's more than just entertainment. We got to look out for safety. But again, I don't want to stick with the NFL. Dealing with college basketball and the NBA. Again, we just eliminate this one and done rule. It's over with. Like I said. It only helps college basketball. It only helps the NCAA. And to be real, does it really help the NCAA? Yes and no. Because now with more technology, with more information, now we're starting to realize, okay, NCAA, y'all making money off these kids, and it ain't right. It ain't right. We can sit here and talk about scholarships all we want to, but let's be real. He's only coming for one year. 
Some of them come back, right? Some of them get to the degree because they realize the NBA ain't working. But a lot of them ain't coming back. I just wanted to come, get the gear. I always come back when I when that, for that camp, have the association. But other than that, that's it. What do I need a degree for? I play basketball. I get paid millions of dollars. I'm at, I, I get paid more than the teacher, more than a bus driver, more than somebody that picks up your garbage on Thursdays. You dig what I'm saying? So like I said, NBA, we got to change this rule ASAP. Let the kids come out of high school. It's not going to hurt the game. It'll only help it all the way around because it'll weed out the ones that really ain't there for college basketball and help them go to the NBA as opposed to now we the ones that's there for college basketball, now they can really play. You got my man, he's sitting on the bench, but he got to sit behind two guys because, well, one year Zion Williams is coming, and then the next year RJ So it's like, what? Dang, I'm third on the day. And I, I came because I really wanted to come to Duke. I really wanted to play for. So, like I said, NCAA, NBA, let's get this sorted out. Let's get this rule fixed. Ain't no way in the world in 2018 there should still be a one and done where kids got to come out of high school Go to college for a year just to get to the NBA. You don't do that in the workforce, do you? Shifting over to the players now. Former NCAA basketball players, Marvin Bagley and DeAndre Aiden, have reportedly signed sneaker deals with Puma Basketball. I'm sorry. DeAndre Aiden and Marvin Bagley have reportedly signed Puma Basketball deals. Now, when DeAndre Ayton signed, it shocked me. But when Marvin Bagley signed, it surprised me. And the reason why when Bagley signed, it surprised me. Because I was like, wait a minute. You got this kid. He went to Duke. Nike, for the most part. You mean to tell me Nike lost Marvin Bagley to Puma? How? Right? So then I'm thinking, okay, a couple days later, <laughs> DeAndre Ayton is now signed with Puma. So now I'm thinking, okay, this 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 what's up with Puma getting the two top picks in this year? This don't happen like this. And then to come to find out, Jay Z has been named president of the basketball of Puma. So now I'm like, oh, okay, it makes sense. So now it's three first rounders: DeAndre Aiden, Marvin Bagley, and Zaire Smith have signed footwear and endorsement deals, apparel deals rather. Now the last. Notable athlete to sign with Puma was Vince Carter. He signed to a 10-year deal, ultimately ended up leaving, going elsewhere after two seasons. Now, when I look at this Puma deal, uh, I don't think much of it. Again, it's a nice splash. It's a nice pickup to get these two guys. But neither one of these two guys are really changing, the coming in the NBA, changing the game day one. Let's, just, let's be real. I'm going to be real with you. I like DeAndre Aiden. Nice shoulders, can finish at the rim. But again, he'll be like DeAndre Jordan, where he'll get 20 and 15 every night and be irrelevant, right? Like, the fans ain't come to see you play. They come to see Chris Paul. They come to see James Harden. As opposed to Marvin Bagley, we don't know what position you're going to be at. We don't know if you're going to be a four or a five. I mean, in this NBA, a four. Now, Pogo, both of these boys are competitors. I'm not going to lie to you. Both, both compete. Both get after it. I'm just talking, but again, both of these guys get after it. Let's be clear. But now, to stick with strictly with the Puma. When I look at Puma, Puma not selling no sneakers. Puma not selling no basketball shoes like that. When you go on the finish line, you're not checking for no Pumas. I get it. They want to be the first ones, but to see the way I look at it is, if, if I was one of these prospects coming out, 
If, if I'm going to one of these brands or corporations, I need ownership in it. I need stock in it. I need lifetime commitment. I need to know after three years, you're not going to jump ship when RJ Barrett and Zion Williams come out of the I, I need to know you're not going to jump ship. I need to know that I'm still going to be the feature. I need to know because these guys are the first ones after 20 years. So essentially, y'all the reinvigoration. Y'all the, re, the reboot. And at the end of the day, y'all really are the guinea pig. So... You've been hooping in Nikes this whole time. Now, all of a sudden, you want to switch to Puma? It don't work like that when you get to the NBA. You ain't never hooped in Puma shoes in your life. Now, all of a sudden, you get to the, the highest pinnacle, and now, all of a sudden, you're going to switch up. I, now, I'm not going to lie. I, I applaud a lot of these guys for sticking with Nike and sticking with Adidas and sticking with the ones that they know. Why? Because I've been playing in this my whole life. I don't need to switch up now at the same time. I need ownership in Nike. I need ownership in Adidas. We need some type of stake in it. I need more than just sneakers and apparel. Sneakers and apparel. Puma gonna give you your own shoe. And y'all can say what y'all want to, but LeVar Ball and them are the big baller brand is winning right now. Now y'all can say, ah, they ain't really selling those shoes. They not in the stores. Well, they got their own brand for one. So they have a lifetime contract. Two, they have ownership. So no matter what they sell, it's a win. Three, you're the feature athlete. You are the feature athlete. Again, this is sports. Again, when we're looking at all these Nikes and all them, yeah, Lonzo Ball would have been on the roster, but he'd have been number one, two, three, four, five, six, uh, just until next year. Then, when then the new crop come in, now what? These guys coming out of college getting endorsement deals is making me sick. You mean to tell me you come out, you play one year of college basketball, you average 13 and 10, and you went to the first round of the tournament and you get a Nike deal? Stop it. What are we doing? Come on, man. Back in the day, you used to have to earn your deal. When you came, it was only the first couple guys that got shoe deals. Everybody else had to fight for their deal. And or they had, hey, look, you had to buy your own sneakers. You ain't getting no endorsement. These guys coming out getting endorsement deals. I get it. It's all a part of the system. I, I know. It start from the AAU. It start, I know. But again, the, he he had one year of college. He showed me one little flash. He had a couple YouTube videos, and he get Nike. Come on, make him earn it on 2K. Remember on remember back in the old 2K games when they used to make you earn your uh your shoe deal. You used to have to pick. Remember, you used to get the pick, but you had to earn it. You had to play a couple games first, and then you get your little shoe deal. So you had to ball out low key. Even if you suck, you still got it. But still, they made you earn it regardless. These like I said, these guys are walking out getting shoe deals. He's signing the Puma, but Puma not selling no basketball shoes. Like I said earlier, when you go in the finish line, the first shoe you probably pick up is going to probably be you're looking for them Jordans. You're looking for them Jordans and or whatever new Nike and or if you just Adidas, whatever Adidas came out, Yeezy, whatever. You're not checking for no, ooh, new Pumas. No, you're not. Ooh, new Reeboks. No, you're not. Those are the other shoes, like the days when you're not supposed to be shopping, but you be like, I'm going to buy a pair of shoes today. And you get a pair of Reebok, like, you know, I just spent 40 on some Reeboks. Those are those. So you might go in there on that day, on like a Tuesday or something, on a Wednesday on your break at work, and be like, you know what, I'm going to go pick up a pair of Marvin Bagley's today. <laughs> I'm going to go pick up a pair of DeAndre Aydens, the eight ones. Like, come on. And not to mention, if he's out in Phoenix, it'll really get lost because why? Ain't nobody watching Phoenix. Phoenix ain't going to be on TV. So again, when we're looking at these brands and corporations, if you are these young guys, you got to associate yourself with the best.
I get you got to be different. I get Nike is Nike, Adidas is Adidas, essentially is what he said. But let's be clear. You've been hooping in Nike this whole time. Nike has been giving you gear this whole time. Because they know at the end of the day, when it's time to get drafted, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. DeAndre Ayton said it in his in a, in, a, in an interview. He said it ain't always about it ain't about gear no more. It's about business. These kids here to do business. I'm gonna read you what he said verbatim. He said Nike is Nike, Adidas is Adidas. I've played in their circus and stuff like that, but now it's a business. You don't just want product. You're not a kid anymore. You're really trying to get bank. So what does that mean? He said he trying to be the endorser. He trying to be the guy who. He trying to be front line. Again, he. I don't know why Puma, but Puma clearly offered that bag, and clearly must offer some some impressive gear that just made him want to sign Puma. Because if I'm gonna be a top draft pick, I'm going my own brand, and I'm gonna do a partnership with these deal with these. I'm doing a partnership. No way in the world I'm coming out just signing with Nike and just for what. I've been getting that, like he said, my whole life. At this point, let's do a partnership. Let's do a partner deal. That way we can split it 50-50 or 60-40, however. Nike going to give you the cool. Come on, man. Puma. (laughs) (laughs) Who is is their big face now? Big Sean. I like Big Sean, but come on. When you go to the store, you're not buying Marvin Bagley ones. You finna get them last shot 14s that just dropped. Hey man, I feel like the NFL season is like in full swing. Many camps all over the place. A lot of good storylines everywhere. A lot of good guys making plays all over the place. One of the GOATs, as we like to call them. Everybody likes to call the GOAT on Twitter. Which actually, if you if you got Twitter or Instagram or any of that foolishness, follow me from the jump with the A, not an E. Speaking of the GOATs, which everybody likes to talk about on Twitter, the GOAT, the GOAT, who's the GOAT? Tom Brady's the GOAT of this generation, all right? Let's be real. It's not Aaron Rodgers. It's not Matt Ryan. It's Tom Brady. I would say Derek Carr, but, you know, my else for my Raiders friends. Everybody else, y'all probably going to hate me for that. But anyway, sticking with Tom Brady, did a sit-down with Oprah Winfrey and said, his retirement is rather sooner than later. Take a listen. Have you thought about what happens after football for you? I think about it more now than I would than I used to. Yeah. I think now I, I think there, I'm seeing that there's definitely an end coming sooner rather than later. Now after hearing Tom Brady say that, when he said, you know, as long as I'm loving it, I'm going to keep playing, I thought to myself, oh, God, the Patriots are stuck with the old dude. Patriots are stuck with the old dude. Tom's 41. He'll be 41 this year, right? Let's just say he's 41, right? He's 41. He came off of a hell of a Super Bowl year last year, right? He's still putting up good numbers, so you can't argue that. Like, I'm not going to sit here and argue and and sit here and say that Brady's dropping off because he's not. He's not. The numbers he's putting up is ridiculous. Like, the numbers he's putting up is ridiculous. He had 32 touchdowns last year, threw for over 4,500 yards. Like, what do you you want him to do? 
Threw for over 1,100 in the postseason. Not to mention he car Philly up that last game. He threw for 505 yards, three touchdowns, and no interceptions. Zero turnovers. So it's not like a Peyton Manning situation where we're looking at him like disintegrate before our eyes. We got a guy who's still balling at a high level. Beat Jacksonville in the playoffs. Beat a little testy Tennessee team. You know, lost to Philly. And, and, and which we could literally say, had it not been for that sack, Brady probably goes and scores that touchdown on that last drive. So again, when we're looking at Tom Brady, he ranks against the best. He's up there. He's we come on. But it's like at what point if you're in New England, do we move forward? He's entering season 19. The guy can't play forever. And we don't want a Brett Favre situation. But see, this is where Belichick and see this is where the Patriots drama all comes full circle. But see, for me, when I look at Tom Brady, Tom Brady been doing his own thing. And I think the separation, I think the true separation happened when the flake gate happened. I really believe it. I really believe when the flake gate happened and Bill Belichick came out first thing and was like, look, I ain't have nothing to do with this. I don't know nothing about this. All I know is I'm the coach. I've never touched the game ball maybe once or twice in my, you know, pretty much those are his words. That was it. He didn't come out and say, yeah, I called Tom. I talked to Tom. You know, we discussed it. You know, everything's, he, he, he didn't say any of that. He came out and said, I know, have no, this is from my perspective. I have no recollection. He said nothing about Tom Brady. Like, yeah, I talked to t- nothing. So that let me know right there. Oh, okay. The coach taking a stand on his own. This is the part in which we separate. This is the part. Okay, I can't stand by this. And so Brady was like, oh, okay. Well, I thought Belichick was my guy. We won Super Bowls together. I thought we was Belichick. Like, nope. But you know who did stand by his side? Robert Kraft. Which is why Robert Kraft still wants Brady in a number 12 uniform. For the New England Patriots. But Bill Belichick was like, look, I don't want to be stuck with the old dude. He's getting older. Yes, he's still playing good, but we just lost the Super Bowl. There's no guarantee we get back. Everybody else in our division is getting better. Not to mention our conference. Not to mention around the league. We're still stuck with the old guy at quarterback. The league is changing. Philly played a lot different. They did a lot of run-pass option, a lot of read option. The offenses are changing. But we're still stuck with Tom Brady because that's Robert Kraft's guy because that's the Patriots' guy. It's the Patriots' way. Bill Belichick always said nobody's above the system. They've always cut players, period. Ty Law, they've always cut players. Even even as early as, as, as Chandler Jones they've cut bait with, my man that went to the Browns, they cut bait with him. I mean, they've cut bait with a lot of guys early. Why? Because they don't want to have to pay him. They're going to get as much talent out of you without having to pay you. Brady, I get it. You sold out to him. And at this point, you're stuck with him. Because you traded Garoppolo away. Because that's what Belichick wanted. But see, Belichick, I think Belichick's smart. At some point, Belichick going to be out of this thing. I think if they get to the Super Bowl again, they lose. Or they'll just say if, if, if something, if... Within the next year or two, I think Belichick is on his way out. And the only reason why I say that is because at some point, Belichick going to be like, look, I ain't going to be stuck with Brady. We don't have anything behind him. We got Brian Hoyer as the backup quarterback. That's not winning you anything in this league. It's not winning you anything. So, again, this whole Patriots rift, Tom Brady saying he will retire sooner than later and all these innuendos. This all goes back to Deflategate. Once Deflategate happened, we really saw who took sides. 
Robert Kraft took the side of Brady over Belichick. Belichick was mad, so what'd he do? He traded Garoppolo away. Now you have no succession plan after Brady. Hopefully he doesn't get hurt. You're stuck with Hoyer. But what do I know? I'm just a football coach. <laughs> you see how that works? But see, Brady, in his mind, Brady's all about him. The Madden 18 was all about him. Even him sitting out those four games was all about Brady. It was all about Brady, remember? So, I like Tom Brady. That's my guy. Over Rodgers, absolutely. It's no question. It's no argument. Like, what are we talking about? However, in this situation, he's holding the team back. The New England could very well have moved on. Guys have come and gone from New England. The one thing that has remained the same, Robert Kraft, Tom Brady, and Bill Belichick. If you like what you heard today, follow me on Twitter from the jump. Go subscribe. YouTube, we getting it cracking. We got a lot of things happening really, really soon. Stay tuned. Stay, stay, stay tuned. Stay by the computers. Turn your notifications on. We going up. It's your boy. We out.